0: In this episode, I talk all about how I travel and eat out with allergies and intolerances. Welcome to Allergy Proof, the podcast dedicated to helping hardworking women with health issues get through life. Hey, I'm your host, Ashley Templer, and I have more allergies and intolerances than you can count on one hand. I'm that person that BYO snacks to parties. I'm also that person who spent thousands of dollars trying to get to the bottom of my symptoms. From running my own social media agency, Pep Creative, and skincare brand, Yours Only, I know a thing or two about navigating a very busy schedule with ongoing health issues. Join me as I give you my tips, interview your fave women and health specialists to help you solve and manage your autoimmune conditions or allergies. Want to hear more about my story? Head to yoursonly.co forward slash about, where you can also pick up some very allergy-friendly products. Hello and welcome to episode sixteen of Allergy Proof. I hope you're all enjoying your spring weather because I am. Um, for an update from me, off the back of a very hectic two weeks of work, I actually spent the weekend down in Kilkunda, which is very close to Phillip Island, because I just needed to chill the f out. As you know, us Melburnians can now travel further than twenty-five kilometers, so. Kind of got me thinking like now that we are moving slowly out of isolation, I thought it might be a really good time to talk about eating out with allergies and intolerances because someone actually DM'd me a while ago asking for tips for traveling. And I was like, look, I might do it once people might be traveling a little bit more. So I thought what I would do is package it all up together, whether it is local eating out or going overseas. But before I start, I will talk to you about my lips. I know that sounds really bizarre, but... I did a podcast episode two weeks ago about how they were really cooked. So they were really chapped and they were really red and they were bleeding and I had it all over my face and I ended up working out that it was periol dermatitis. Um, So they're all fixed now, thank God. And what I did was I stopped using cheap lip balm because that was the thing that was actually irritating it more than what I thought. Also, hence why I'm developing one for yours only. I switched to a cotton only face mask and then I started using an antibiotic cream all around my mouth because previously I just used it on the corners, but then I ended up moving it to across my whole mouth. So it was a bit of that plus my breathing issues, but I am looking into getting my deviated septum fixed. Hopefully soon. I don't know when yet because work is so crazy before Christmas. So most likely in the new year. Anyway, enough of that. To continue for this episode, I'm not going to actually tell you what I'm not eating because I don't really want you to compare what I'm eating to what you're eating and everybody's intolerances and allergies are different, but let me just say that my diet is quite restricted at the minute and my goal for me at the minute is to not have any slip ups. So I am not drinking at the minute because I'm trying to kind of heal my gut I'm trying to not have anything that could potentially slip me out because I've had that a lot. And the main reason is because work is a lot for me right now. There's a lot happening. And I find if I slip up on that and I'm a bit stressed, it kind of pushes more of my symptoms. And I'm just not down for that whilst work is really busy. And also what I really want to do is make my gut in a really good place so I can start reintroducing new foods. So I also want to say sometimes I do get a little bit of food anxiety, which means when I go out for dinners, I get very stressed that what they're feeding me isn't actually what they've said they're going to feed me because it's happened to me before and I get very sick, which I am working on. But I do have a bit of a process, which I'm going to take you through today because I am a little bit of a pro when it comes to all of this. But the main thing to know is that you just need to own those allergies and not feel ashamed to have them. So what I'll do is I'll firstly start with eating locally, which the first thing that you really should do is if you have somewhere in mind or your friends have booked somewhere, I would look at the menu first. So start by looking at it online or call them if you can't find it. And usually you kind of have an idea of what cuisine does and doesn't work for you. So for example, Italian, I can usually get a fish or a salad, whereas if I go to Mexican, it's just really hard. Like I can't really have much on the menu there because a lot of it contains onion and garlic and corn, which I can't have. I always call ahead. You'd be surprised at the amount of people with allergies that don't do this, but I always call ahead and I ask to speak to the manager. So what I normally do is I start off by saying, like, I've looked at the menu and I have a few allergies, but I just wanted to see if you could make some tweaks based off some suggestions I have. So essentially my goal is to find a solution. So rather than them think that I'm really annoying. So I say things like, I noticed that you had the fish on the menu, but I was wondering if I could possibly have it without the garnish and I am not fussy at all. I can probably just add salt to it because that way they know that you're not one of those people that just is like, you can't cater for me. You're kind of working with them to do it. And then if they can't accommodate, there's a few things you can do. Like, first of all, just change your plans. It's fine. Second of all is if your friends are super keen on it, just eat beforehand. I know it's really awkward, but I'm very comfortable in just doing that now and just saying to my friends, I'll eat before and I'll still come just to have a few drinks or just to hang out. And you just have to get your friends in a comfortable place to be able to do that. So if you are at a restaurant and they kind of need you to order, you can just say, oh, I'm sharing with my friend. I'm not a big eater. And then if not, you can just say to the waiter, oh, just a drink for me today. And then once you get over that awkwardness, it's kind of become second nature. And then when it comes to picking the locations, for me personally, I find Japanese is good because you can do rice with sashimi. French or Italian is really good because you can do salads or fish. And then I find Asian cuisine, depending on where you go, can be good because you can just get like steamed chicken noodles and veggies. And then I usually ask for no sauce because I find sometimes there's some hidden nasties in there. And then the next one is going to a party. So that could be a friend's house party or it could be a dinner party or just like a normal catch up. So my main advice here is to always be honest and upfront. So in sometimes if you are organizing a heap of snacks with friends, maybe just say, oh, you know what, I'll just do my own and you guys just work out what you guys want. And then other times, if you know it's a dinner party, I could BYO like a frittata slice, for example, and cook it beforehand, cause that could be a starter or it could be a main with a salad. But I also sometimes go there earlier so I can help cook my meal so they don't have to stress about it and then help them with the party set up before. And I find that's really good because then that friend kind of works out what does and doesn't work for you in terms of your diet. And then they can help you the next time. And then the next one is traveling. I totally know we're not gonna be traveling for a while, but we will still be traveling in Australia. So I kind of feel like this still applies. But I will start with on a plane, which obviously I'm kind of talking about long-haul flights, but I mean, you could really talk about going from Melbourne to Perth. Um, I have just been on the so many long-haul flights where I've just been starving with no food options. I'm always like, I'll find something at Malaysia Airport, and then I get there, and there's just not one thing I could possibly have, or half the places are shut because I arrive at a really random time. So I would go like... Thirty plus hours without eating. And then I would get home and I would have a cold because, you know, your immune system's down by not eating. And then you've been on a plane for that long. And it's very annoying. So as a part of my Hashimoto's disease, I have to take a medication called thyroxine and it has to be refrigerated. So usually when I go overseas, what I would do is I would just get some frozen ice blocks and put it in like a little cosmetics bag. And then I would put the thyroxine in there and it would keep it cool. But then one day I was like, I feel like I could do something else with this. I like always make myself a chicken stir fry if there's nothing else that I can eat. And then I ended up working out, like if I'm going on a long haul flight, what about if I just made some and put it in this bag? Because my trick is if you tell the air hostess that there's medication in your cooler bag, they will immediately put it in their fridge for you. So if you have medication that needs to be refrigerated, they are very responsive and help you out. So I ended up just putting my chicken stir fries in a very uncool cooler bag with some ice blocks and got it put away. And then when I was ready to eat, I asked for a cup of boiling water and then poured the boiling water over it. And then once it had like seeped through, I took the boiling water out and added some salt. And then it was like a warmed up chicken stir fry. I know it's not as luxurious as other people, but you work with what you got. And then when we're talking about snacking, so I don't know whether everyone knows this, but you can take snacks in your suitcase all the way to wherever you're going. So I went to France last year and I packed 15 packets of Saka And I know that sounds ridiculous, but how much easier is it just knowing that you've got that? And then I also took a couple of packets of cereal because you always have this hope that you're like, I'll arrive and then I'll have a shower and then I'll just go to the latest, like the closest place, that sells groceries and I'll buy what I want. But then that just doesn't happen. You're like arrive and then you have a shower and then you go get dinner and then you get drinks and then you go home and then you're like, I don't have anything for breakfast. So I'm the kind of person that just wants to make sure everything's sorted. So I don't have to get stressed or think about it later. So I find that always helps. And then that takes me to accommodation. So I've gotten to the point where hotels just don't really work for me unless I guess it's like a one night stay and I've kind of a bit prepped. So I know they're super glam, but for me, it's just really hard to eat out in a foreign place. And I am the kind of person that would prefer to just be super organized from the start so I can enjoy my trip rather than being disorganized and stressed. Because you would hate to just get to your hotel and then just try and work it out. And then you spend three hours walking around trying to get food. It's just not really worth it. So I usually try to stay somewhere that has like a kitchenette or an Airbnb, which is so much cheaper anyway. And then when I do get to go to the shops, I buy like a dozen eggs and then I do some boiled eggs for snacks and because I've already got my ice blocks, I can kind of put them in my bag to take them out with me. And then I just make up a batch of food, so my famous chicken stir fry, and then I could have it as like a pre-dinner snack or I could take it in smaller containers and eat it when I'm out. And then that also takes me to eating out. So a few things. If you're going somewhere where English is their second language, I would just try and prepare yourself. So every time I go overseas, I kind of look at all my friends and all my connections to see if I know anyone that can speak that language. So I first went to Japan 10 years ago when I was at uni and I had a uh, friend there that was Japanese. So she actually wrote like this little card for me that said what my allergies were and such a loser, I went and laminated it at Officeworks and took it with me and kept it in my wallet. So every time I went uh, to a restaurant, I just pulled it out and it just basically said, I am very allergic to these things. I can eat the below. So I found that super helpful. And then last year, which is obviously a bit more with the times, I went to France and it was for a wedding and the guy was French. So he actually did some voice memos for me and said, you know, I'm allergic to X, Y, Z, here are some food sessions that I have. And that was so helpful. And then I also downloaded the Google translate app. So the best way to do that is to make sure you download the whole thing. So then all of the program and all of the words are saved onto your phone. But my one tip is anytime that you are speaking to someone, I would always just ask if they can speak English, but in their language so then they can respect you, especially the French. One other thing to consider when eating out is also maybe emailing them beforehand or if you are staying at a hotel or an Airbnb, they could call beforehand before you and organize what your meal could be. Just use your connections when you can. So that's basically a little wrap up of what I do. I hope it's not overwhelming for anyone who's just been diagnosed with any allergies and intolerances. But if you are listening to this and you are someone who's going through the same thing, I would love to hear from you and even maybe hear some of your tips. And if you know someone who needs a bit of guidance, please share it their way. Um, And you can always DM me on Instagram at Ashley Templar, spelled A-S-H-L-I. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Allergy Proof. If you know someone who would benefit from listening to this podcast, please send this episode their way. I'm here to help women thrive in life with all of their health issues because I am living proof. Make sure you hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you can listen to our latest eps which go live weekly. This is a totally independent podcast so I really do rely on subscribes, reviews and word of mouth to spread the word. You can also find some more helpful tips on Instagram at yours only co and more from me, your host at Ashley Templar, spelt A-S-H-L-I. Catch you next time.